Chad Cartledge. I am the co-founder and CEO of Running for Heroes. So what inspired uh, you and your son to create uh, the organization? Well, I won't take any of the credit, honestly, because it was really all my son's uh, uh, doing. So it's a long story. Hopefully I can uh, shorten it a little bit so that we don't take up too much time. But uh, he, he's always been a runner uh, and he's always had an appreciation uh, for first responders. His best friend's dad actually used to be a cop that uh, worked the day shift. And whenever he'd get home at 6 p.m., if the kids were outside playing soccer, basketball, you name it, uh, he'd pull up in his patrol car, get out of his car, still in uniform, and immediately join them in a pick-me-up game of basketball, soccer, you name it. And so he always had this constant interaction with the uniformed officer. So he knew at an early age that, you know, just like anybody else, officers, they want to come home to their families at the end of their shift. So he got into running in elementary school and ended up doing a 5K here locally that uh, honored those that were lost on 9-11. And as part of that run, he was assigned the name badge of a fallen officer uh, that was killed. His name was Officer Walwyn Stewart. Uh, his backstory was uh, he worked the subway stations for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey Police Department at the time of the attacks. And once he cleared out the subway stations, he ran up into the towers and tried to save more folks. And unfortunately, was in the towers when when they collapsed. And so Zechariah learned about him and, and decided after that run that in 2018, every 5K that he ran, he was going to run in honor of that particular officer. And his goal was he wanted to do that organization's 5K in New York at the end of the year. And uh, so he was able to uh, achieve that goal. He was able to go do that run in New York. And as it turned out, the widow of that officer, her name was Thelma Stewart, was still alive, was still closely connected to the Port Authority Police Department, still lived in New York, wanted to meet Zechariah. And uh, so we got to meet her. And that was the first time he ever met the widow of an officer. And when she asked him, you know, you know, uh, why do you do this? And he explained to her just, you know, he loves running and he wanted to do something special. And so we asked her, why were you so happy about this? And her response was that, you know, he, he was keeping the memory of her husband alive. And I think hearing that from her is what kind of set off that idea in his head of, well, if me running for your husband meant that much to you, what if I do this for all of our fallen heroes? And uh, so 2019, he started this organization and did a mile for every hero lost in the line of duty. And sadly, of the over 1,500 miles that we've now conducted as a mission, he's actually done over 1,425 of them. So um, that's really what started it all. Now, as it grew, there's other things that were a part of it, but uh, that's really the inspiration behind what started Running for Heroes. Yeah, Uh as it grew, can you tell me a little bit about some of the programs you have? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we became a 501c3 in July of 2019. Actually, the reason why we even became a 501c3 was uh, early on in the mission, we, we had some folks reach out inquiring about how they can receive the flag that Zechariah was carrying for him. And uh, so initially... We did a one-time fundraiser before we were even a 501c3 to try to get enough flags to where Zechariah can start doing that with every run. And we ended up raising enough funds to cover well over two, 300 flags. So we decided to use the overage of those funds and create Running for Heroes as an organization. In 2020, we launched our Injured First Responder Grant Program. 
Anytime a first responder is injured in the line of duty, uh, so we, we try to help out whenever we, we can. We have an application online that agencies and, and families can, can apply for. Uh, to date, we've given out 48 grants, totaling over $435,000 for injured first responders. Uh, 2021, we had a young girl that uh, got to run with Zechariah in Las Vegas that wanted to know why we weren't honoring canines. And so with with her vision and her idea, we we kind of brought her under our wing and launched Running for Heroes Canines. As part of her effort, not only does she run a mile and our youth runners now run a mile in honor of every fallen canine, but we also give $2,500 a month in equipment to canine officers across the country. Uh, since 2021, we've actually been able to give back now over $40,000 worth of equipment and supplies uh, to canines across the nation. Uh, last year, we we felt that there was more we could do for survivors, especially with the reach that we have. You know, we have a following of over 375,000 on social media. So we wanted to be able to do more to help raise funds for those families of fallen first responders in which children were left behind. So last year, we started what we call our beneficiary fund. Uh, we've now done over 50 of those since last year, and we brought in a little over $320,000 that we've been able to give back now. Uh, to surviving families as well. So as far as our giving is concerned, uh, we've now given back uh, over $800,000 in total for all of our various programs. We also offer a scholarship fund for any of our youth runners, not including my son since he's the founder, uh, but for the other youth runners that you see out there carrying on this mission, every 25 miles they run officially, Running for Heroes donates $500 to their future scholarships. And we also have some private donors that also either match or do one-time donations uh, when they hit certain levels, uh, which is really cool for our children because we're also now investing into their future. Um, and then the last aspect of what we do is our tribute hall. Last year, we opened up our tribute hall in Winter Springs, Florida. It's an 1,800-square-foot property that uh, really helps us keep that promise to survivors that we won't forget. It includes various memorials. Uh, different exhibit items, personal items that families of our fallen have loaned to us. Uh, and we also have a section on 9-11, uh, which talks about the history of 9-11. We actually have steel from the World Trade Center site, as well as other artifacts that were donated to us by uh, our friends at the 9-11 Living Classroom and the Freedom Flag Foundation. So, um, you know, when people support Running for Heroes, they're not just helping support these kids that are doing these miles. They're actually helping support in so many other different ways. I know my last year, my wife uh, was visiting Florida and passed by your uh, your building. And how is it that uh, you have a, a physical place to remember these people? So the first three years that we ran this organization, we were operating it just out of my home. Um, and I was also completely volunteered, just like the entire board of directors, which even to this day, our entire board still remains all volunteer. Uh, but it, we finally grew to a point to where our house was literally becoming just overwhelmed with Running for Heroes stuff. Uh, our living room became a Running for Heroes office. Our kitchen drawers is where we would store decals and challenge coins and you name it. Uh, and we had patches all over our guest room walls, Zechariah's walls. And, uh, and it finally got to a point we realized we were growing quite largely as an organization and we needed to get our own facility. Um, we wanted to keep the facility here in Winter Springs, which is where, uh, Running for Heroes was founded. And, uh, we just happened to come across, uh, a couple of buildings that, you know, were literally across the street from our neighborhood and, 
and uh, they were available for lease. And so we met with the property manager and originally we were only going to lease half the building that we're in right now. But after talking some with the property manager and letting him know the idea we had to turn one of the rooms into a tribute hall, uh, they wanted to sponsor the other half of the building for that first year so that we can turn the other half of that building into a tribute hall. Uh, so that's kind of how that came to be. And uh, I'm proud to say that since our grand opening last October, we've already welcomed over 250 surviving families uh, to the tribute hall. Uh, and we continue to welcome folks, uh, multiple families a week on average. So uh, we're definitely very honored to be able to keep that memory alive in that way, especially knowing that we're just north of Orlando. You know, we're the tourist capital of the world. So we know people are going to come here, especially surviving families. And it's just one more way we can assure them that their hero is not going to be forgotten. How does it feel for you when you see the those families there? It's emotional. Um, honestly, that's of all the things that I do now as for this organization, that's probably one of the hardest things for me to do, especially when the families want to rewatch that run video. You know, that's one of the things that we give them the ability to do here is they we have a, a place where they can sit and rewatch these runs. And uh, it's emotional. Um, it's usually filled with a lot of tears, um, a lot of hugs. Uh, and, you know, I had one survivor tell me uh, that and this just kind of stuck with me is that, you know, she feels when she's walking through our tribute hall that it's alive, you know, like the spirits of these fallen heroes are there. Um, and it's, it means a lot to me because that, that tells us that we did it the correct way. You know, the one thing we did not want the tribute hall to be is a place where people felt it was all about these kids. You know, that's, that's one of the perspectives that people have of running for heroes that we're really trying to change is it's, it's not about the kids at all. It's never been about my son. Um, it's always about making sure these heroes get the honor that they deserve and to know that that message has come across in that tribute hall to those survivors, uh, it means a lot, but it's, it is emotional. Um, you know, when, when you do it right, it, it stings when, when the families get to see it, but you know, it's, it's helping them. And, and that's what, you know, reassures me every single day that, you know, it's important what we've created. I've watched uh, several of the videos and you guys not don't just do it in Florida. You're all over the place. What is it like going to some of these locations to talk to these uh, police officers or firefighters? You know, it means a lot to be able to bring the mission there. You know, uh, generally, the only times that we do our travels is when it pertains to our injured first responder grant. So being able to go and meet with these injured first responders to deliver them that $10,000 grant and to spend that time with them. You know, that's another thing that we always do when we meet with these grant recipients is we go and we spend time with them. We have a meal with them. We get to know them and they essentially become part of our family. Uh, and it means a lot. But, you know, one of the things that we also try to do is whenever we go on these travels, we always try to work with the agencies to get a mile run in, you know, because we always hear from folks that they would love to have that opportunity to run with one of our youth runners or to run with Zechariah and so when we travel to these different locations, that is one of the ways that we try to bring the community together. And what we'll do is we'll coordinate a mile run while we're there. And that mile run will honor every first responder that has ever been lost in the line of duty serving in that particular state. 
And, you know, generally we have survivors come and attend and they're a part of that run. And we have agencies who's lost a hero that come out and they're a part of that run. And to be able to see that community coming together and showing that kind of support, uh, it, it does a lot, not just for the people that are there, but especially those survivors, especially for the agencies that have lost a hero to see everybody coming together to pay that kind of respect and you know, it means a lot that we're in a position to be able to do that um, whenever we have those opportunities. Uh, and But again, we primarily try to keep the travel centered around that injured first responder grant program. What are some of the things you've learned from your son? Oh, my gosh. Um, the proper way to, to honor and respect our heroes. Uh, you know, I, I'm not shy to say that when I started my role in this, uh, my number one goal at the beginning was to support my son. You know, I wanted to be able to be there for him and, and, you know, just show him that he can, he can do whatever he sets his mind on, even if it means running 300 miles, 400 miles a year. Uh, but as he continued to do this, and as we got to start meeting with surviving families and we got to start meeting with grant recipients, uh, something inside of me also changed and it grew from more. It was no longer just about honoring Zechariah or not honoring, but supporting him. Uh, it, it became a passion of mine now to want to do more for these first responders and for these surviving families. And, um, you know, so he's taught me what it means to, to be selfless, you know, to give up yourself and of your time to help other people and to bring them comfort in their darkest of times and, you know, help them get a smile in a time where they don't feel very many reasons to smile. And uh, I think that's what I've learned the most. Um, but I've also learned a lot about commitment. Um, I was like a lot of people. I thought that after that first month or two, he was going to get burned out and say, okay, I didn't realize how many miles I was going to be running. I'm done. Uh, but he's kept going and he's still going despite the fact that he's now starting high school. Um, he's been so committed to this mission and look at what it's become because of that. And so I've learned, you know, what it means to be committed to something you're passionate about. And by staying true to who you are, uh, it could really blossom into something that's quite beautiful. Um, so I think that's really the things I learned the most from him. When you first started this, did you ever think it was going to become what it is today? Oh, no, not at all. Like I was saying just a few moments ago, uh, I was thinking after a couple months, he was going to say, okay, that was that was uh, neat and all, uh, but I didn't realize uh, what or how many miles uh, this was going to take. And um, so, no, I had no idea whatsoever that it would go to this point. Um, you know, we, we went from an organization that started with just a kid doing a mile to do something to honor fallen hero to an organization now that's given back almost a million dollars to first responders, surviving families, canines. And, you know, when you factor in the cost for the flags that we sent to the families, we've given back then over a million dollars, uh, because those flags aren't cheap either. Um, so I, I'm like a lot of people when I say, I don't think anybody really thought it was going to become what it's become. And the fact that he's inspired other kids to continue this, you know, we got six other runners now across the country that have seen this and have decided, you know, they wanted to be a part of it. And to me, I think that's the thing I'm most proud of more than anything 
is the fact that he's inspired other kids to do something to keep the line of duty deaths of our first responders in the spotlight so that people know and that we can keep bringing attention to this in hopes that changes can start happening and those numbers can go down. So, um, but no, I, I had no idea it was going to grow to to what it is today. And speaking of that, where do you want to see it grow in the next, say, three to five years? So, uh, you know, we, we do have now an age range for our youth runners. So sadly, you know, the end of next year will likely be the last year that people will see Zechariah being a runner. Um, but what I would love to see personally is, you know, we want to get more kids involved. You know, right now we have seven youth runners. We want to be able to have 12 to 14 youth runners across the country at any at any given time. Um, we have to put a cap on it because if we have too many, then the kids will never have any opportunity to earn those scholarships that we've created. Uh, but we'd like to see, you know, more kids getting involved. Um, you know, I'd like to see the tribute hall grow to do even more. You know, uh, I'd like to see, you know, maybe in a, in a couple of years, we can get one of the other buildings that are in this uh, property that we're at and turn this whole building into uh, a tribute hall so that we can do even more to preserve you know, the memories of these heroes. And, and I'd also like to build more partnerships, you know, uh, we're, we're in a tough economy right now. So supporting nonprofits, that's not really the end thing these days, because it's, it's already expensive just to live and then have additional money to give. Uh, it's hard. So I'd like to see more partnerships between us and other businesses and corporations that see the good work that we're doing and go, you know what, that's something I can get behind. It's kids making a difference and it's literally bringing funds and support and comfort to our heroes. And, uh, you know, it's an inspiring mission. And uh, I'd love to see it continue to do more with the help of uh, uh, new new sponsors and, and, and corporate partners.